Now, live from the Blind Ninja Studios in Western Wisconsin, a show with no purpose. Hosted by experts at drinking, and they're almost definitely wearing pants. It's time for the Department of Offense. Welcome to episode 368 of the Department of Defense. I'm your host, Casey. Joining me as always is Carlos. I'm here. Yeah, and we didn't break into Insane Song this time, so we people didn't. should be happy again. Uh, I didn't know they were unhappy. Well, uh, you know, I got a comment about it. <laughs> um, all right, so before we get too deep here, uh, I want to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornson, Tyler Romanski, Hoppenbrill Brewing, Brian Jones, Devin Stinson, Philip Feldman, and Dakota West. Uh, right, West? Did I have that right? Hang on. I put it in the template, and then I forgot to put it in the other thing. Oh, never mind. It's Dakota. Just Dakota for this one. I did that for Homebrew Bound. I, my notes are all over the place today. Sorry about that. Um, if you'd like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash blinderstudios, um, and you can uh, help support us directly, or go to blinderstudios.com and find that patron link on the homepage. Carlos, you were telling me something about the Black Belt patrons the other day. Yeah, so you're familiar with that Olympic sport where they take that heavy round object, spin in circles, and then launch it as far as they can, right? Um, the discus? No, you're talking about the shot put. Yeah, yeah, uh, or as I call it, the the spin roundy thing. Well, no, so you, th- no, because like the discus, there's also like a full thing. It's but not the discus. Okay, it's, 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 it's the shot put. Yeah. The one where you throw a cannonball. The spin roundy throw. No, you should just call it the human cannonball. Well, that's not accurate at all. Why not? Because then if it's a human cannonball, you can right. launch out the cannon. It's Completely the human difference. It's the human cannon. That, I, I guess that's, the, the human trebuchet would make more sense. Fine. It's the human catapult. No, it's, I, but uh, I call but it the it's spinny not a, It's not a trebuchet. It doesn't make any sense to call it a trebuchet. No, but it's the spinny roundy throw competition, as it's normally called in the Olympics. And, uh, but our, uh, our uh, patrons actually are very good at that. And as a matter of fact, what they do is as they, after, whenever they finish off a keg of beer, which, you know, our patron members are, uh, have some of the classiest people there are. So when they finish off a beer, it's some good beer. Yeah. But what do you do with this empty keg you got? Well, what they do is they throw, launch it. Mm. And man, do they launch that's, that far. That's, 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 a, that's an actual like Highland game. That's the keg toss. Yeah. No, but they do that. And you know where they, how far they throw it? They throw it right back where to the facility they got it from so it can get recycled because they also care about the environment. Is there because they also and then they have to drive, they do have to drive later though to pick up the new keg still. Okay, it doesn't get thrown back. Yeah, I was gonna ask if it gets thrown back because that's not good for the beer. There is that. That's I probably mean, not great for they the beer. could go there, get the keg that's already full, and throw it back to their house. But, like, it's just going to shake it, so the beer's not going to be good. It's not going to be great. Yep. Yeah, it'll it'll open like a big old pop can. You don't want that. Yep. Nope. I like that. That's pretty impressive, though. That's very impressive. So you're saying all I have to do is become a black belt patron, and then I gain that power? Yes. Oh, wow. Any patron level really can do it. But the black, black belt ones can throw it to any brewery they're they a little bit. They're a little bit more accurate. Okay. All right. Um, and while you're at blindnessstudios.com, go ahead and click on that store link uh, at the top of the page there. Go to teespring.com slash store slash blindnessstudios where you can find stickers and cool shirts and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so go do that. Carlos, what have you been up to the past week? Um, and for those of you in the know, uh, we are recording this on Monday night instead of Sunday night because, well, because. Yeah, so haven't been up to a whole lot. Uh 
Yeah, no, I, there's not anything that's coming to mind that I like. I didn't even watch anything on. Uh, oh, I guess did I talk about Lord Dex last time we recorded? Uh, no, you did not. I binge watched. Th- you may have. I'm. I'm in. Last episode is kind of a blur. Yeah, no, drink a lot. <laughs> no, but I binge watched both seasons of Lord Dex, and I greatly enjoyed it. Uh, I, I feel like I probably mentioned it. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, no, just listening to a lot of podcasts. What are you eating? Just so, yeah, Landel's just chewing on a bit of his frisbee that he uh, devoured. Yeah, I missed the right garbage can. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Well, I guess he's going to chew on that for a while. It's quiet and keeps him happy. Uh, I'm sorry. What was that? Mm-hmm. No, uh, yeah, so it's just um, nothing exciting. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Things that I have done. Uh, let's see. Saturday was, or well, so Friday was my mom's birthday. Um, and, uh, so we went out, uh, Saturday, she had this whole day planned, which was a lot of fun. She wanted to go up and hit some breweries in Eau Claire and get some pizza. So we ended up hitting five breweries, uh, in about as many hours, which was too many, one could say. Yeah. Uh, but it was also, you know, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we went to, uh, the coffee grounds in, uh, we started at the coffee grounds in Eau Claire. Um, which is attached to, I'm pulling up the brewery, but so it's, it's this really cool, um, coffee shop. Um, and it is, uh, attached to a brewery called, yes, I am, yes, they sell alcohol. Cool. Um, uh, K-Point Brewing, which is a small brewery. Uh, they had a really good, um, Schwartz beer on that, that I really enjoyed. Um, and yeah, so like they, yeah, so like they have the coffee shop over, like you go in and like the coffee shop's off to the left and you walk into almost like a, like, you know, like a, like a general store type deal where they sell like, you know, like hot sauces and stuff like that. And coffee shops on one side, breweries on the other. Um, and they have food and stuff. It's very cool. Uh, then we went over to Lazy Monk Brewing, which is a, like, they do a lot of traditional German styles of beer. Um, and the entire, like the brewery is like an old, uh, beer hall. It's very cool, very relaxed atmosphere. We played some board games. Um, and then we went over to, uh, brewing, the brewing project, which is just across the street and they were having their Halloween event, which, well, we kind of, we kind of figured out when everybody was in costume and we weren't, we're like, oh, Oh, well, but they had this, uh, they had a thing, and it was a a, a trick-or-treat flight, and it was four beers uh, that were their, like, candy beers. Um, The first one was a Sour Gummy Worms Ale, Um, then it was a uh, Double Stuffed Oreo Stout, and a Butterfinger Stout, and a Skittles beer, or a Sour Skittles beer. Okay. Yep. Uh, the sour skittles and the gummy worm I didn't care for. Uh, the stouts were really good. So the double stuffed uh, Oreo sh- one tasted like a. It was like an imperial milk stout. It was pretty good. So it was pretty good. Though? Yeah, yeah, and it had like that Oreo cookie flavor to it, which yeah, was really good. Yeah, some of those. Uh, I, I guess that's the flavor to shoot for. Like, uh, like we already know from the past that uh, you can de- that there's a beer out there that nails Dunkaroos, and maybe, right? Uh, this is the beer that nails uh, Oreos. Yeah, it, it did. It did a really good job. I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, and then we went up to we went over to Menominee on the way home, and went to Lucette Brewing where we got some pizza and had a few beers. And then we went to Nonic Brewing, which does English style ales. 
Yeah, so it was a full day, uh, and then I had heartburn all of Saturday or Sunday, so we didn't record. <laughs> but I also finished Far Cry 6, which was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a Far Cry game. Yeah. Uh, less of a bummer ending than some of them. Well, that's good. More of a bummer ending than, well, actually, no, I think this was the least bummery of all the endings. Like, Far Cry 3 was the last time where they had two endings, and one ending where you leave the island is the one that was not a bummer ending. Yep, uh, yeah, so this one also has a secret ending that I looked up. Uh, once you get past the tutorial missions, um, they give you a shitty boat, and they're like, well, you can leave now, and if you get in the shitty boat and go to Miami, well, you, you end up on a beach. like the game ends with you like drinking beer on a beach that sounds great right and all this other shit you just don't even have to worry about (laughs) can you do that at any time or is that only right after no i think you you can do that at any time (laughs) and just like it just it just warns you you are leaving yara and if you just ignore the the warning you just end up on a beach in Miami. <laughs> so you decide at some point. Like, just, I'm done with this whole revolution thing. Decide I'm just gonna fuck off now. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that that was really good. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then I watched the Dune movie yesterday. Uh, Matt's out seeing that right now. I won't give any spoilers. I will say, um, going in, I didn't know they were doing a part one and two, um, and so I was I was about two hours in and I'm like this is what I feel like there's a lot of movie left uh, and yeah I was right like it just kind of ended and you're like oh okay and even for a sequel the ending felt abrupt or for like one that you know a sequel's coming and the ending felt very abrupt that's that's unfortunate they didn't have like a good ending for it for well, like, I, I, a, I a don't, good stopping point so like if you were if you were gonna cut Dune in, uh, like, into two movies where do you think the natural stopping point would have been <sighs> So did he join up with the Fremen at the end? Yeah. I think that would have been a, uh, and I mean, that's a little spoilery, but I think, I think. But like, this this is a book that's been out for decades and decades. Right. I mean. Um, I think, I honestly think the, uh, the better ending point um, would have been to do almost like an empire ending where uh, everything seems kind of dire. So you do it when they are lost in the desert of uh, the deserts of Arrakis, and they haven't found the Fremen yet, and like the Harkonnens have just like destroyed everything, um, and killed killed Duke. What's his face? And so it's just like Paul and his mom in the desert. Like I think that see the only issue there then is though you don't really get to see the Fremen then. Uh, yeah, like, I feel like you like no, ha- but you, I mean you do. You don't get to see them in. Like I I don't know, but you could what you could have done is you could have done a side like. You, you could have followed Duncan more and gone uh, and followed him when he was, like, infiltrating and meeting the Fremen and seen some of that. Right? And then, because it's just a, it's more of a natural ending point. And then you're like, oh, no, everything's bad. And then you get to start the, you, like, I feel like the, the arc then uh, becomes a little bit more interesting in the second film. Yeah, I know. We'll have to see when the second film comes out and see how that picks up. Probably next Tuesday, knowing like how quickly things are coming out. 
Like, there's so many movies coming out in the next, like, two months. It's insane. Yeah. It's like all these things that we had, like, stockpiled over COVID are just releasing now. Or maybe this is a normal movie release schedule, and it just feels like a lot because we had a year where nothing came out. Like, we have Eternals. Is Spider-Man this year, too? Uh, It's either this year or early next year. Um, the new Ghostbusters film is in November yep. or early December. Need to see that because yep. that looks great. Oh, and Hasbro released like the coolest toy. It is a it's a it's a neutrino gun, uh, like the the neutrino stick with like full lights and sounds, actual working switches and stuff, uh, and like it looks dope did as you, shit. Did you ever see the like old Ghostbusters toy? Like that was the full proton pack and all the attachments. Like the blue one. I don't remember what color. Because Hasbro re uh, re released one for kids. Oh, oh, they did. Yeah, with with uh, like with uh, with like so this is this is like a hero model uh, neutrino gun. I'll see if I can find the the thing there. But yeah, talk about that for a second. So it was basically it had all the like it had like a roll, the the uh, the the ghost trap that was set up so you could like roll that and trigger that. It had all it was. It of course had the proton pack and the the blasty thingy, and it was like one of the coolest toys I had seen. I had a friend that had one of them. And it was a pretty cool. It's like pretty much the perfect Ghostbusters toy for a kid. Yeah. So this is this is the neutrino gun. Like it looks like a real neutrino gun. It's 120 bucks, <laughs> which is a lot. But like it's it's full scale. It has like metal parts, um, and they built it so it will. Con- they they built it with cosplayers in mind. Mm-hmm. So um, where the battery pack is, uh, they it comes with an extra end cap that you can like screw it in and like attach your like the hose that you would have, right? Um, and then it, it comes with the with the mounting bracket, so you can slide it into the Dixie cup holder on the back and like the belt loop, so you can hang it from your belt too. <laughs> it looks super cool. I think it's gonna be awesome. Uh, it was on Prime earlier today. Now it's not. Now it's twenty dollars for delivery. <laughs> But that's neither here nor there. It's just very exciting. Yeah, this is a this is a movie that they there that's gonna mine for nostalgia, but it's also been a movie that's been sitting around for a very long time. I'm cu- well, so the first uh, Ghostbusters three that they wanted to do ended up becoming the game. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if you ever played that Ghostbusters I game. I did not. It was it was a fun like action game that rehashed a lot. Of, like I mean, it had like. But, I mean, it was gamey, but I can see where they were kind of going with what they wanted to do and stuff. So it wasn't extreme enough for my tastes. Oh man, Ghostbusters Extreme. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that was that was probably my favorite one. Like because they had they had a pistol, and like they would like every once in a while they'd revisit like the stuff from the original cartoon. Mm-hmm. And that was always cool. It was always cool. All right. Well, I think. The next quarter mile. All right. All right. It is time for the next quarter mile where we talk about the next quarter of the next a uh, movie in the Fast and the Furious franchise. So we are uh, currently on Tokyo Drift, and this will round it out. So we will do plot in 60 seconds. We will do the 10-second car. We will do the rearview mirror where we get to talk about it, and then we'll go into some garage talk. Uh, rearview mirror is where we rate it. Uh, garage talk is where we just chat. All right. All right. So, Carlos, 
do you have the timey thing? I and a bell. Well, I do now that you handed it to me. <laughs> so I wrote this and timed it yesterday. We should be good, but who knows? All right, I'll count Hang you on, down. Hang on, let, let me get let me get a little Corona in the in the old gullet right. here. I'll count you down, and I'll say go. And when I say go, is when I'll start the timer. Is that <laughs> so that we don't have any confusion like last time? Yes. All right, three, two, one, go. Tuna fish Brian races Dom and almost blows up his car. Dom accepts him and offers him a Corona. TFB then bangs his way through the gang, uh, through or into the gang through Mia. Mia gives up Dom and friends to cop Brian, to, uh, so he can go bust Dom. Nerdy guy gets shot by motorcycle guy. There's a chase. Then CB lets Dom escape. Too fast for back with no longer cop Brian. FBI guy recruits him and Roman to drive for forgettable villain number one. Brian and Roman race for some cigars, which uh, watch a rat in a bucket uh, bite a cop and then get a job. In a mediocre final act, there's some cars, helicopters, an ejector seat, and a boat. FB1 is apprehended. Dexter's dad is bad at his job, and Brian and Roman steal some money. Also, Eva Mendes is in this one. Off to Tokyo, but first, Texas. 30-year-old uh, high schooler Sean challenges Brad to a race for his girlfriend. They destroy a housing development. Sean gets shipped to Tokyo. He makes a friend, meets Han, destroys Han's car. Han eats some snacks, rips off the Yakuza. Han is murdered. Sean challenges DK to a mountaintop race. DK tries to cheat and rolls his car down the mountain. Uncle Yakuza is not amused. Dom shows up at the race uh, to race Sean in the memory of Han. Well, we got another five seconds. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right. Yeah. See, see, there's plenty of room for more movies to be squeezed. Oh, well, and if I didn't stumble over a few words, like no, and like so, as I'm doing these, like I have them broken up into in the movies, and like I keep like going and rewording and like shortening stuff. <laughs> Lando, why do you keep bringing squeaky toys down here? This is not a squeaky toy time. It's not a squeaky toy time. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that is the uh, that is the plot so far. The plot of Fast and Furious 1, Too Fast, Two. Too Furious, and Tokyo Drift. Yep. All right. You want to give us the uh, the 10-second car yep. on this one? Yep. 10-second car is where it's just 10 words or less to describe the movie, the quarter of the movie we just saw. So, Sean builds a car, overcomes DK's drifts, gets the girl. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. That's all that happened. Yeah. All right. Um, so before we get into garage talk, um, just well, maybe we should do uh, the let's do, gra- let's do garage talk garage first, talk, so and we- then we'll do the rating. Yeah. Before we cement our and give our final number on where we feel this uh, this falls. Okay. All right. So we review mirror, uh, or I'm sorry, garage talk. Uh, so this quarter, it, it it this this quarter is all about the set piece. Um, we we're we we open up in a bad spot. Han has just been killed, um, like, so, and Han, Han's crew needs to get out of Tokyo, essentially, because the Yuku's there coming for him. And let's see, so the girl, like, uh, at Sean's place, like, Sean and the girl go, are going to his father's place to try to, like, get somewhere safe. DK shows up, had showed up at the last, at the last time, and, like, we pick up here, like, where, uh, DK left with the girl. Yeah, and like uh, Sean walks away from his dad because he's like, I gotta clean up my own mess. Yep. And so dad's like, Oh yeah, you grew up, and also now I can get more hookers. But that's that. That was all subtext. That's uh, let's see, was it uh, what is the 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 other, the other guy's name? Uh, was it Twink? uh, Twinkie? Twinkie, yeah. He shows up with his uh, Hulk mobile, which has a bunch of small TVs in the back for some yeah, reason. Yeah, well, I think they're like equalizer screens because like that was a big thing in like the late '90s, early 2000s. <laughs> was like having the having the subs with the EQ, like so you could watch the 
the, oh, so, the sound waves. So it wasn't being used for that DVD menu, like of the logo moving around. Uh, like, oh, I mean, probably it. one because that's like the best thing. Because you got to gotta have that. Yeah, so you can bet on when it's going to hit the corner. Um, so like he gets a small amount of cash, like maybe a couple grand, and he takes that and goes right to uh, Kumaten's place. I think it was Kumaten. Yeah, Uncle Yakuza. Yeah, Uncle Yakuza. He goes to that place and is like, hey. Uh, and like DK's there, and he decides like, and DK's like, "Hey, what do you think you're doing here?" And like, it's like, "I'm here to see your uncle." And it's like, gives him a couple grand, and like the uncle's like, "What the fuck? I mean, why would you walk in here and give me a couple grand?" Like, because he like honestly like uh, Han like ripped him off for a oh, lot more, than way that. more than that. But that's all they had. I think it was more of the thought that counts in that situation. But he, except he, it's the Yakuza, so but what um, he really wants counts. is to uh, race uh, DK. He wants to run DK out of town. And whoever loses has to leave town. So it's the peaceful solution is the race. Uh, he takes his dad's uh, car. Uh, I guess, like, he got permission from his dad again. He must, like, something happened there. Because his dad was there when he took it. And then they chop tossed in, like, an engine from some some trashed car in, uh, in uh, the garage that was uh, in Han's garage. And then he did a bunch of, there's like a montage of him doing more uh, more drifting in this car because we hadn't seen enough uh, yep. drifting. Well, montage. and like, not just drifting, but drifting with it partially done. Yeah. And then like, they're making little tweaks to the car as they're going along. Uh, then we get to the actual race because we just jumped there after the, the montage yeah. pretty much. Let's see. Oh, and we also hear that DK is the only person to ever make it to the bottom of this road. Which yeah, because is- DK is murdering them, is my theory. <laughs> if D- if DK is the only one during races who's making it to the bottom, he's murdering some fools. But he there's he didn't try to murder him this time. Like He was trying to run him off the he road. He absolutely tried to murder him. Yeah. I'm sorry. If you run somebody off the road going down a mountain, they're going to die. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Well, we don't know. You, that's that's the thing that you yelled at the end of the movie while DK was falling well, well, down the mountain. Well, get to it. <laughs> so they have flip phones recording this at like. Oh, every, yeah. With, in like, and like, uh, in like high def, but square screen. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 1080p, but in like see, four, a, three format. Well, you see, it's a square screen because it's for IMAX. Yeah. So yeah. So they're they're live streaming it with the with the flip phones somehow. Yeah. Well, just Japan has better internet. America didn't know better in the, in the early two thousands. Uh, yeah. Hang on. What year was this? Uh, I want to say two thousand four. Or I should say, what year did it come out? Not what year is happening in the film because we'll have to figure that one out later. Uh, two thousand six. All right. I mean, I, and I guess there were all right phones back then. Like mm. a couple years after that, I had like a. The first iPhone came out in. They weren't using iPhones for sure. I know, but uh, that didn't come out yet. Yeah. Uh, that was 2008. So we're, we're still, or I'm sorry, 2007. So we're still a year away from the iPhone, from yeah. the first iPhone. And I, had, I remember I had a Nokia Sport or whatever around 2008. It was just like two years later. That had some really good uh, camera. I don't think it had very good video, but uh, I and I don't think I would have tried to stream a, a race on my phone because mm-hmm. I don't think it had an internet. <laughs> well, I uh, yeah yeah. What did I I what did I have at that point? I think it had like uh, 
No, uh, 2000. Oh yeah, no, maybe 2006. I got the uh, I got the phone um, where the full QWERTY keyboard slid out because I hated T9 texting. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's see. So they do the race, uh, and Sean is for most of this like part of the race is like drifting right on DK's tail. The whole oh yeah, time. he's doing super well. But he's like, and he's like right behind DK. Uh, so this is really noticeable to me. There were so. So many cuts there. Oh, there's a lot of cuts. Of the, like, it's like, what is the point of you? Like, I want to see like some like a little bit longer screen time as I'm doing racing instead of like cut, cut, cut. But cut, so, different, uh, angle, but different you, angle. But you also have to remember this is 2006, right? Yeah. Um, and everybody's cut happy in 2006. Yeah, it, but it like does. it's like like this had this had like a Jason Bourne level of cuts. Just not as much shaky cam. Yeah, which thank God. Can you imagine if this was shaky cam and cuts? Like they were actually filming it on one of those shitty phones? <laughs> so that was distracting, all the cuts. But I, at least I was, I was still able to tell what was going on. But uh, And then uh, like he pulls ahead of DK. DK goes off the side of the road. And like he, Sean's on like this little side road that's below, and then DK's car still is coming down, then just smashes straight in the ground. Yep. So he's not even he didn't like he's not leaving town. He's leaving town in a body bag. So I, I guess I don't see how DK could survive that. Oh yeah. And then we get to the end. Uh, Han, uh, I mean, uh, Sean gets the girl, and you find out that. Uh, Han was in with uh, Dom back in the day. Back in the day, yeah, uh, because Dom won his car off of him. Yeah, because apparently Han used to be into American Muscle. He was into muscle. American Muscle when he knew him. Yeah, and that's where we end and the film. And that's the end. Um, so I have, well, let, let's do our rating, and then let's talk about the fi- kind of the film as a whole, if that makes sense. Yeah. Can we do that? All right, so uh, our rating system is... Um, we're ten, using the yeah. We're using a ten second car yep, system. A, a ten second car is the best car. Like you can you can go above and beyond. You can have like uh, a nine yeah, or eight it, second car. Yeah. But like it better be. It better be real good. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what we gave the first film. I should probably go back and write these down somewhere. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what I gave the first film because I think we used a different uh, rating system for that time. I gave it four out of ten. Okay. So it was a different rating system. Okay, so uh, what, what would you... What would you uh... Let me go back to Too Fast, Too Furious. So what I gave Too Fast, Too Furious was it was a 45-second car, which isn't great. Okay, so uh, let's see. All right, so um, Too Fast. So the more seconds we got here, the slower the car is. And I think I, I, think I gave it a 50-second car. You might have, yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. So yeah. So the, the the slower the car, the worse the film. All right. Um. Give me give me your rating. Uh. I'm I'm putting these down in the template notes, so I'll just bring have them for every. Yeah. I'm gonna give this a twenty three second car. Ooh. Okay. That's better than what I thought you were gonna give it. Like there was some good racing in. Uh. There are some pretty. You know. Actually, now that I think about it, I'm about up to twenty eight. It's a 28-mile car. Well, 28-second car. 28-second car. Um, I am going to give it a... I'm going to give it... Man. Uh, I think I'm going to give it 20 seconds. Oh, wow. All right. 
Yeah, and it's a 20-second... Well, yeah, it's a 20-second car. It is one of my favorites of the series, hands down. Um, but that's when I watch it all at once. Yeah. Well, um, watching it at this uh, staggered, like, staccato pace, where, like, it's like, boom, wait, boom, wait, boom, wait. Like, watching it like that, you lose a lot of momentum. And this movie is all momentum. Like, do yourself a favor sometime and try watching it, like, straight through because it builds and builds and builds up to that, like, final, and it's very cathartic, that final race because it just, it does not stop. Yeah, because watching it the way we did, I found it very clunky. Yeah, because we're stopping and we get, we have way too much time to think about it. And, like, in the end, not a lot happens. There's, like, there's there's the quick race at the beginning of the game, the, the movie, uh, there's the, I wouldn't really call it a race where he just smashes into a lot of stuff. And then there's the race where he drifts and is the drift king. Yep. And so that, that's, that's this, uh, that's too fast. And Tokyo yeah. are, are kind of, they're, they're very, they're not very fast or they're, they're not very complicated movies. If that makes sense. Like the plots are yeah. very simple. Um, and that, and that starts to change. Uh, as as we move on, I believe the next film in the in the series that we're going to hit is uh, Fast and Furious, mm-hmm. because like we we have to remember what what we're doing now, and we need to remember that we're going fast and we're going furiously. So the next one is Fast and Furious. Yep, is, uh, they dropped it down to that. Yep, and then then we get into the fun names of like Fast. Uh, Fast Five. So they didn't want to call it Four Fast Four Furious. I uh, do not believe so. Not- Fast Four Furious. Fast Four Furiosa, the Mad Max crossover. Fast and Furious Four is Fast and Furious. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that brings back the uh, like the OGs. Well, I have high expectations for that because that means that they got a. Oh. Did he just rip something out of the wall? I uh, turned the camera. Camera looks off too. Well, it is. They were oh. not. We're not live. Oh, then we don't one. have to worry about that. Yeah. yeah, it's not a huge deal. But it was. Uh, I don't know. Like I think this 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 movie was missing something, and I think one of the things it was missing was a protagonist that we cared about. Oh yeah, no, because Sean's the worst. Yeah, Sean is pretty pointless, and like he's not a high schooler. No, um, Sean is by far the worst thing about this movie, and he's thirty. Um. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you don't you you will not see him again for a long time, and that's okay. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, it had been so long since I'd seen him in a film that when I finally did see him again, I didn't recognize him because now he's like sixty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did a DK ever show up again, or is he dead? No, it was uh, Twinkie and uh, the other one, um, the other the the Asian kid in the who was Twinkie's friend. Because DK is wait, you mean just. That kid, that person, I don't think had a name. That guy comes back. Yep. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. Because <laughs> I reckon I, I noticed him because he he did stuff he in the movie. He, but it was like like not much. But he was just yep. he was there. He hung yeah, out. He was there. And he gets and come he back. Stuff. That's cool. But DK is super dead because he that wasn't like that. You but but he wasn't dead. They pulled him out of the wreck and he was fine. They never showed that. Yeah, they did. I don't remember this. Yeah, because then his uncle went over to talk to him to kick him out of Tokyo. I do not remember that happening. It happened. 
That doesn't sound right. I, I, I would have I noticed that. No, you like it, it, it happened. I don't know about that. It definitely happened. DK died. No, he didn't die. DK that would have been that would have been way more fitting. But no, he didn't die. Uh, I'm gonna have to say that we are gonna agree to disagree here. All right, man. We can go back to the tape. <laughs> like I can't believe you missed that. Yeah, you were too focused on writing. I think I might have been. I might have missed that. I mean, yeah, it was. It wasn't like a big plot point because it was happening at the same time, like that, like Sean was getting the girl. So. Because I just remember, like, he walked away. Like, the the guy walked away. and then, Yeah, like, but before, so before the Yakuza guy, like, went over to Sean, they, they shot, they, there was a shot of um, DK's car upside down. And you could see DK in it, and somebody was running over to it and helping him out. Like, he never fully got out, but, like, you could see that he was still alive, and they were getting him out of the car. And then it pans back over to um, Sean and the Yakuza guy. All right, but the did the Yakuza guy say that he was kicked out? No, 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 we never got that scene. Oh, so we didn't. So there, I missed a shortcut where they talk where he we see that he's alive. That's it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't miss like a big scene or anything. You just miss him not being dead. All right. I'm sure he comes back in the sequel, right? Absolutely. He's now like the big bad of the entire thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I gave it 28 seconds. That's. Could have been better. Could have been worse. Well, Could have we been too a, fast and too furious. I suppose we got a, a beer to drink. Oh, we do, don't we? I took that out of my notes, and yep, no, everything's out of order. Good call. I would have completely forgotten about the beer. So what we, uh, what we got here today? Um, I will let you know in just a second. You're pulling that up. Uh, we have Wolf from Three Sheeps Brewing Company. Or the wolf, I should say. Um, the wolf is a simple at heart, classic um, imperial stout. Uh, this beer is a bit dangerous. It's packed with flavor, rich bourbon, warm wood tannins, and notes of sweet caramel and chocolate. Yet it's so easy drinking that you won't notice the 12.3% ABV. The wolf is a simple beer at heart, a classic imperial stout with a robust malt bill, but it has a sciency trick up its sleeve. We treated the alcohol sweetness as an ingredient instead of an afterthought, using it to harness the strong bourbon notes and maintain the beer's light body. The result, the liquid equivalent of a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, I grabbed this because I was looking for a stout and literally this was the only like new stout they had on the shelf. I was, I w did not want another like double or triple IPA. I was like, it's, it's been getting chilly here in the North and it's time for some warmers, you know? Yeah. Something that warm our bones. Ooh. That has a very nice aroma to it. No. Yeah. That aroma is uh, very nice. You got a little chocolate bourbon in there. Oh yeah, like the bourbon definitely comes through nice and heavy. Got that uh, those raisin notes in the smell. That is very smooth going down. Oh, that is like I might as well be drinking chocolate milk. It doesn't not not that it tastes like chocolate milk, but I'm just saying it's as easy to drink as chocolate milk. Well, that's, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it, they're right. This is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Like, I could accidentally drink an entire can of this. Easily. And then another. No, not easily. Maybe. And then be like, I feel pretty good. 
<laughs> wow. Like it's not like I was like I was worried there. Like when you said like the the sweetness is like something like they treated that as an ingredient, but like it's not overly done. Like it's just the right amount in there to balance out the flavor. Well, and, there, and there's and there's no burn. It does not taste twelve and a half percent. Like if you set this in front of me and had me guess, I so the smell is a little bit more hot, but I'd probably say like eight. I'd probably say nine or 10 just because like I do get like the, the tingles on my tongue after I drink it. Okay. I don't, I don't get any burning or anything. It's just yeah. like, wow, that is, that is good. And it, and it immediately like just warms all the way down. Yeah. Well, no, that's very good. All right. Uh, I don't really have much else to say about it. Like the body's fine. Like, and it's it's not as thick as I would expect for a big imperial stout. Like it's a little lighter on the body, but it's not it's not lacking anything. It has this nice roundness and yeah. it's beautiful. All right, give me a number. You know, I'm gonna have to say this is a nine for me. It's a nine for me too, man. This <laughs> is a really good beer. Holy cow! This is a uh, this is a pleasant surprise. Oh, definitely. I wish I didn't have to record Homebrew Bound after this, otherwise I'd have an entire can. <laughs> I might have one after, because, oh, oof, yeah. man, I could take one of these and just go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I might have a can after this. <laughs> well, feel free to finish that one, man, because damn. Oh, I will. I will finish this. <laughs> I, I, don't got no, I don't have another show to record after this. <laughs> yeah, we were talking before the show. We are like, oh, should we like do an entire can each, or should we split one? And like, ah, we'll, we'll split one because we're like, ah, uh, 12.5% beer, I don't know. But this one drinks so well. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, and it's going straight to my head. Like, my face is getting warm. Like, So, yeah, if you see um, Three Sheeps Brewing's The Wolf in stores, I'd definitely recommend right? pick it up. If it was 10 degrees colder, I'd have that fire going and sit there and sip that. <laughs> sip that. Man, that'd be amazing. Damn, dog. All right, now I got to do the thing. And now the Department of Offense presents News with Casey. That's me. Oh, man. I just read the first line there, and it said tuna fish brine, and I realized I was reading my <laughs> plot in 60 seconds. That's the wrong notes. <laughs> Those are the wrong notes. Uh, teenagers would be allowed to work longer hours of the busy summer tourism months in Wisconsin under a bill up for approval on Wednesday in the state Senate. The proposal is backed by Republicans in the state's uh, hotel, restaurant, and grocery industries, but opposed by Democrats in the Wisconsin AFL-CIO. Current law does not allow 14- and 15-year-olds to work later than 7 p.m. from after Labor Day until May 31st, and no later than 9 p.m. over the summer. The bill would allow employees under age 16 to work until 9.30 p.m. before, um, before school day and up until 11 p.m. when they don't have school the next day. The changes would not affect businesses uh, covered by the federal fair. I want to watch your beer oh. over there. Uh, would not cover... Uh, would not affect businesses covered by the Federal Fair Labor Standards Act, which includes those with annual sales over $500,000. Supporters say the changes will help smaller businesses struggling with the state's worker shortage uh, and be a particular benefit uh, over the summer and weekends when the need is highest for more workers. 
The, AFL, uh, the AFL-CIO opposes the measure, saying it rolls back child labor protection laws, and supporters have not shown why the change is needed. If the Senate passes the bill, it would then go to the Assembly. It would also have to be signed by Governor Tony Evers before becoming law. I'm torn on this one. One, like when I was 15, if somebody said I could work or would, would, would be able to work late, I may have. But at the same time, I was always happy to like have like a hard seven. But like they were saying, what what is it if there's a school if it's school night? Was it nine thirty? Nine thirty if it's a school night, um, and at eleven if they don't have school the next day. No, that's that's not well, especially with the amount of extracurriculars that kids are doing, uh, like required to do, and the homework? amount of homework. Like you can't if you do that. Like I know this from working in high school. Like when you are working until eleven o'clock at night. You, or like 10 o'clock at night or whatever. You don't have time to do your homework. You don't. And like if you're a 15, 16-year-old, like right in high school, like you're just, uh, like you're not going to be able to develop the right habits for it. Well, also, you know, maybe let kids be kids a little bit. Yeah. Like we don't, like there's, it feels like we're trying to exploit a workforce because restaurants and other businesses don't want to pay people more. Yeah. And I, I know I know it's more complicated than that. But it plays a part in it. It definitely plays a part in why we're having, um, it looks like we're supposed to have, like, they're estimated we're going to lose another 58% of our hospitality workforce by the end of the year. And they've also found, like, as, like, the, uh, I don't know if you saw the article on it, but as, like, the... Uh, as like people's like um, not not having a job, like as that's like wearing off, like as like the uh, time wise, like they're not going back to those same jobs. Yeah, no, they're they're definitely going to other jobs and doing other things. It's almost like and, they had time to find a better job, right? Or they they realize that they that it's it's not worth breaking your ass for minimum wage, um, or even like server minimum and tips. It's just, it's just not worth it. And then to deal with assholes constantly. Like why do that when you can eat, like get, like get a shitty factory job and at least get paid more money and get benefits. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's very, it's, it's, it's a very hard thing to answer. And I don't know if there is going to be like, it, I'm really curious to see how it shakes out. Um, personally, I would love it if it would be a push uh, away from tipping culture and we start, but I don't think we're ever going to see that happen. No, probably not. But it'd be glorious. Yeah. Because, yeah, we already, everybody already, like, factors in now, like, an extra 20% every time you go out to eat. It's just like. Yeah, I mean, I've worked shitty jobs, so, like, I, of course, I'm going to tip every time. Yep. But, like, it'd be nice if I didn't have to. Well, and it'd be, yeah, it'd be nice if, like, that revenue flowed through and then people would be like, oh, okay, well, now we can afford to give. And I think it was Minnesota where uh, the. uh, Don't eat that, Lando. The uh, credit card fee comes out of the tips. Oh, what? (laughs) Yeah. That's stupid. That's a business expense. That's not a. Yeah, no. No, just trying to. Make their costs look as nice as possible and just... Yeah. No, yeah, that's bullshit. Well, you want to ready for some more bullshit? Sure. 
Kellogg's strawberry-flavored Pop-Tarts need more strawberries. According to a lawsuit filed against the company in August, a class-action lawsuit filed by Anita Harris in the Southern District of Illinois uh, argues that Kellogg's sales company is misleading consumers by promoting the breakfast pastry strawberry filling in its labels and marketing, giving an impression that the fruit filling uh, contains a greater relative and absolute amount of strawberries than it actually does. Does it wait? Does it say strawberry or to say strawberry flavor? It says strawberries. Okay. Um, because a well, yeah. Um, a uh, in reality, the company's uh, frosted strawberry toaster pastries uh, contain two percent or less of dried strawberries, dried pears, dried apples, and red number forty, according to its nutrition label. Uh, <laughs> Harris claims the Pop-Tarts cannot provide a true strawberry taste since it is overwhelmed by significant amounts of pears and apples and says the red food coloring uh, gives consumers the false impression that the pastries contain more strawberries. The lawsuit said if Harris had known the truth, she would not have bought the Pop-Tarts. Whether a toaster pastry contains only strawberries or merely some strawberries is basic front-label information consumers rely on when making quick decisions at the grocery store, the lawsuit reads. Strawberries are the product's characterizing ingredient. Um, consumers believe they are present in an amount greater than is the case. The lawsuit compares Kellogg uh, product to similar toaster pastries from other brands like Walmart's Great Value and Dollar Tree's Clover Valley. The competitors also offer frosted strawberry pastries, but note that they are naturally and artificially flavored. Kellogg's did not immediately respond to a request for comment. The lawsuit goes on to cite Illinois Consumer Fraud and Deceptive Business Practices Act, which has deceptive acts such as false pretense, false promise, misrepresentation, or the concealment, suppression, or omission of any material fact is unlawful. Well, I mean, they're right. Oh, absolutely. Like they're... <laughs> This is like you can't just uh, say something's a uh, blueberry uh, filling and like oh there's not there's like uh, not any blueberry in there it's mostly uh, boysenberry let's say yeah I don't know, I, so yeah they're, they're right and like maybe they should just adjust their packaging because that's literally all that they have to do is adjust their packaging oh absolutely uh, so what did you grow up eating a lot of pop tarts like I did in my childhood? Um, yeah, but it, well, so not growing up, it was when we hit, um, high school, I think is when, uh, we started getting pop tarts and they were always the s'mores pop tarts cause they were the best pop tart. Yeah. Um, before then it was like, as a little kid, it was a lot of, uh, the personal Schwann's breakfast pizzas because we got them uh, basically for free when my dad was working from Schwann's. And then it was frozen waffles, but not like Eggos, but like homemade. Like we would spend an entire Saturday making waffles and then freeze them for a month. Yeah, no, like I had a lot of Pop-Tarts growing up. Do you remember the snack sticks? It was just Pop-Tarts except thinner. And it was no. Just a bunch of, it was just like, why? Was that around like that yogurt craze? It was like, it was kind of like, why would you want that a whole bunch of filling inside a Pop-Tart when you could just have less filling and just more crust overall? Because you, you toast like four of them at a time. 
because they're yeah. all connected and they're shaped like a pop tart. And you just break them off, and it's just like a, a, a smaller stick full of frost. And it's well, that's, not a, that's that's bullshit. Yeah, and then uh, like s'mores, of course, was the go-to, and some of those like strawberry ones, or well, strawberry was the one that was white and sprinkles. So I can't remember what the purple one was that had like a, a wavy line. I don't remember what flavor that was. The blueberry, maybe, maybe blueberry or your wild berry. That might have been wild berry. Wild berry. Yeah, but the, like that was also. I remember wild berry. They always it was the one that they that had Nigel Thornberry on it. So uh, ever since like maybe I turned like 22, 23, I have not finished a, a box of pop tarts. Every once in a while, I'll be like, you know, that sounds good. Have the toaster yeah. hooked up and uh, get some. Make maybe have some yeah, pop tarts. And you then- left. There was a there was a box of pop tarts in the pantry from the old house. I got high and ate them one night. You should not have done that. <laughs> they probably expired years ago. Oh yeah, but they they tasted not great. <laughs> I, I wonder why. <laughs> because they were super expired. Yeah, but I ate them. Didn't let them go to waste. Because I, I, that's. I mean, but they they didn't they didn't taste stale. They tasted like pop tarts. Turns out pop tarts don't taste that great. No, they they don't. No, they're not great. Which is why, like, they I end up have like an open box and like, I think I like for some reason I ended up with like a chocolate chip box. I think I bought it accidentally, and that sat around for years and years. Because why would I want a chocolate chip pop tart? Oh, yeah. Why would you want those? Those yeah. are terrible. Actually, these might have been chocolate chip. No, and, they weren't. And, no, they were nowadays, s'mores, Pop-Tarts just are, like, tasteless to me. There's, like... Oh, it's because they don't have any flavor. Yeah. I, they're, they're no, like, they're no, like, breakfast strudel. I had a, like, I have a special way of eating Pop-Tarts. Like, it was, like, eat all the crust first, because the crust Cause is Because then the you're left part. with the, deli- the best part. Yeah, then you have the best part. Yeah. I don't, well, so, and it depends on how hungry I was, because if I wasn't very hungry... Like, I would still eat the frosted crust because, you know, like when you get the s'mores one, um, there's there's no frosting on three of the four sides and then it runs off the one side, right? So you, what you do is you, you break off the two, or the two, like, long sides and then you eat the little bits of frosting and then you throw all that crust away. And then you have, then you're just left, 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 left with, like, a little handle and you can go down. Hmm. It's just, it's, it's, uh, then you're not, like... You know, like, yeah, I don't know. It just made sense. Right. Then you're not, like, eating the crust because nobody actually wants to eat the graham cracker. Like, I ate it all the time just because, like, all right, I was, you just eat everything. And, like, I just know now that, like, oh, that's just a waste. That's not, it didn't taste good. Not good. And it wasn't even good for me. Like, I, I've been better off just eating a little bit less of the Pop-Tarts. That warms up and it gets almost better. Yeah. Jeez, that's a good beer. All right. Uh, police arrested a woman who uh, say who they say made herself at home after breaking into a stranger's house in uh, Coronado. Uh, it all started when uh, with a call from an out of town resident around 11 p.m. Thursday, who told Coronado Police Department that a relative who lives nearby noticed suspicious activity at their house on Alameda Boulevard. Um, officers showed up and confirmed that someone uh, appeared to be inside, and they found metal shavings on the ground and pieces of an old lock at the door. The neighbor provided a spare key, and police discovered a bizarre turn in the investigation. Someone had changed the lock to the place. The resident confirmed that no one was supposed to be there, um, and they certainly hadn't asked for the lock to be changed. Officers called for backup and started checking around the home, finding multiple doors wide open in the back of the house. The fireplace was roaring, and music was playing, and police could see someone moving around on the second floor. Police called for a sheriff's department helicopter to help them, and a San Diego police canine unit. 
A few minutes later, a woman stepped out of the home, claiming that the house was hers and that there were two children inside. Officers took the woman into custody but held off on sending the dogs inside till they could confirm no children were in harm's way. In the end, they found no one else inside. Um, the woman, 43, insisted she belonged at the property, but admitted she called out a locksmith to change all the locks herself. She was arrested and charged with burglary. <laughs> what? So she said that there were kids inside. There weren't any kids inside. Yep. She had somebody replace all the locks on this place. Yeah, basically, she she's like, well, I know law, so and I know that if you own the key to a place, you own that house. There's this thing called eminent domain. I just have to sit here <laughs> for a long, quite a few years. I mean, you know, it wasn't the worst plan, but it wasn't a good plan. You just got to get lucky and have the owner show up instead and be like, no, this is my place. You're confused. with a, This is a different place. Down the road must be yours. Yep. This is my place for sure. All right. Are you ready for a, a story a little closer to home? Sure. This one takes place in Afton, Minnesota, just across the river. All right. Um, for those of you not familiar, this is maybe 30 minutes away. Um, an Afton man is facing several charges for having an airstrip on his property. Uh, Jeffy Wa- Jeffrey Walker, age 57, faces five misdemeanor counts in the Washington in Washington County for violating the city's restrictions for airstrips. The airstrip in question is a 2,200 foot uh, is 2,200 feet long and was built by Walker himself a few hundred yards from his house. Uh, while he didn't want to talk on camera, Walker, a licensed pilot, said flying is his hobby, and he built the airstrip in 2003 for personal use. Investigators say uh, Walker incorporated his airfield with the Minnesota Secretary of State under the names Walker Field LLC and Top Gun Aviation. It appears on MapQuest and other navigation websites. I don't know why MapQuest is mentioned. This is not an article from 2004. (laughs) But uh, the runway is clearly visible from the air, and prosecutors say it's listed by the uh, FAA as a private airport. Walker believes the FAA recognition gives him the right to have the airfield on his property, but the city disagrees. The city said Walker is in violation of two Afton ordinances. One prohibits private airfields within city limits, and the other prohibits airplanes from taking off and landing within the city. The city administrator said they've received several complaints from neighbors over the past year, citing noise and safety concerns. Wait, has he had this, he had this for over a decade? Yep, since 2003. I feel Almost like, 20 years. I feel like these laws didn't exist in the town nope. until more recently. Yep. That should be grandfathered in for sure. I, I feel like this, like, okay, this guy is doing this, but we have nothing saying he can't do this. Yep. It's Airbud rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, citing noise and safety and charges filed in Washington County, prosecutors said planes were witnessed taking off and landing in April and again in early October. Neighbor Rodney Eggers uh, moved into the neighborhood a year and a half ago. He said he's only heard the planes a couple of times. Every once in a, while, uh, every once in a great while, it's not like it's every other day or something. It's never really bothered me, he said. Uh, he's, got a, he's got enough land there. It's his land. He can do what he wants. Edgar said, it's a little loud, but after, you know, a couple of minutes, it's up in the air and that's it. Afton City Administrator said they received complaints uh, about the Walker airstrip 10 years ago as well. But they didn't do anything 10 years ago. I feel like there might be some sort of statute of limitations on this. Well, no, no, no. What? what no. So I'm I, I what I'm guessing is the ordinances did not exist. Right. 
and now they exist. And I bet it's one neighbor who's just mad that they don't have an airstrip or it's some developer who wants to like buy the land and develop on it. Yeah. Or there's somebody there who like bought property nearby and it's like, how dare this person fly an airplane at three o'clock in the afternoon? Well, yeah, no, and I, I'm guessing like it's not in the middle of the night. It's not early in the like, morning. Because in order to fly at night, you need a lot of like you need a lot expensive. of FAA clear, clearance. Like, yeah, and like you have to have like all this lighting and everything. Yep. This is that is something that like would be pretty obvious that there's uh, there's a field there. Well, and it's also been there since 2003. Yeah, that's 18 years that this thing has been there. Yeah. No, it's, this feels like somebody. It looks somebody like, has a grudge. It sounds like the county fucked up here. No, and like it's not even the county that's mad. It's the city ordinances. Or the city, yeah. Yeah, because like there's city ordinances for the city of Afton. Like, fuck off, Afton. You're the worst anyway. <laughs> they're not great. No, they're pretty shit. Uh, well, that was exciting. Whatever, isn't that fun? <laughs> Is that fun getting mad about airplanes? I liked it. Did you like it? Because I liked it. Yeah. Should we have a discussion? We should. Uh, what would you like to have a discussion about? Oh, you're going to turn it around on me? I thought you had like a discussion topic. Oh, I mean, I do have a topic of discussion. I, all right. So how about we have a discussion about what fictional world you would want to go on a road trip on? Yeah. yeah. So a fictional world. So one of the first things is whatever fictional world it is, I'm going to be going. It's going to one of this is a road trip. It's not going to be a walking trip. I'm not going to fucking Lord of the Ring because that seems that's too much walking. Or uh, the Forgotten Realms. Or I don't want to be walking forever. I want to be. I want to be able to catch a ride. Now, well, like my neighbor Totoro, then you could just fly in a house. Uh, do they have a flying house in that? Is that the one? No, that's the one with the flying house. I thought, isn't that, it? I thought that was the one with the bus. That's a cat. Okay, yeah, you could just fly in the cat bus. I, I don't know if it flies. You could ride in the cat bus. I I, I can do without that, but I, I think what I'd rather do, though, is do a road trip that's between the stars in Star Wars, because Star Trek would be a little boring. Just be Ooh. safer, though. But like Star Wars, because there's like all sorts of fun stuff going on there. Why not have a, like a, have a, like a spaceship and just be flying around doing whatever? Make a pit stop here, get some beef jerky on uh, on Tatooine, and then like keep. They going. don't have cows anywhere. Oh, whatever passes for jerky. Like, banta jerky on Bant- Tutu- Yeah, banta jerky on Tatooine. Yeah, I don't know. I think that'd be uh, kind of fun. Like, do, that like, would be kind of fun. Trip. And I don't really see any like massive drawbacks on that one. No, except you know you're you're trying to go planet to planet during a fascist regime. Who knows? Maybe they're a nice fascist regime. No, it's Star Wars. <laughs> they're always a bad fascist regime <laughs> that somehow controls the entire galaxy. And if you land on a planet that's not um, imperially controlled, it's probably controlled by the huts. So now you're on a planet controlled by a, a massive crime syndicate. Yeah. And if that's not true, then you're on a you're you're on a planet that's in active warfare. <laughs> I just got to be careful I don't stay at a place if the Death Star is moving into the system. <laughs> Maybe that's the time to get out. Your luck. You're going to be on Alderaan. <laughs> <laughs> it was happy hour. Like, the brochures made it look nice. It was happy hour, and I didn't want to. And then a new the moon moved in. It was really cool. I had to close my tab. 
And there was there, there was a drink. There was a there's a twenty credit minimum there. And now I'm dead. <laughs> How about you? Uh, what fictional world would you? Want oh, to so this trip? is this is tough. Um, this this is a tough one. Um, because like immediately like I I start to think of places like in. And, you know, like in cinema and fiction and stuff like that and, and games. And they all have like an obvious flaw of if they're exciting enough to set a movie or a game in, you probably don't want to go there. Yeah. Right. And then I, I got to, you know, I, I got to thinking. Um, I, I got to think about board games, right? Because like, there's a bunch of board games over there, and then I was like, okay, well, what 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 board games do we do we play that have like a land that wouldn't be too bad? Well, then I was like, well, there's the one we play with the uh, we play Dragoon, and that one's just like that's just oh, too many dragons, too many dragons, bur- sometimes constantly they're... burning everything. Oh, that's normally me as a dragon that's doing that, but yeah, yep. So that that didn't really get me anywhere. So I think I'm going to have to say I'm 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 okay with walking and so I'm I think I'm going to go forgotten realms. All right. I think I think I think going on a maybe not I'm going to re re I'm going to put it as a backpacking trip through the forgotten realms along the long road to all the different things. Well, I got to say that's you're, t- you're really taking your life in your hands there, because I've read some Forgotten Realms books, and every time they're doing one of their, their road trips, there's always some nonsense that's happening, and yeah, they're always fighting. But I figure, like, the long road wouldn't be the long road if there weren't, like, those have to be, like, not the common thing. Yeah, but, but probably by the end of your road trip, you're probably level 18. <laughs> <laughs> or dead. Or dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'll start. I'll start. Uh, let's do like, like maybe like Waterdeep up to Icewind Dale, like just just to do the whole thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like when uh, when people go and like walk. Uh, what is it? Uh, Camino San Domingo or whatever. And and there's always the Underdark for like if you really want to like, no! take your life with your hands. No. I would just like to do the forgotten route. Like I just, I think it'd be fun. I think I'd make some friends along the way. Probably be betrayed and murdered, but then like brought back to life by a cleric. Because I wonder, like, there has to be some travel insurance. Yes, <laughs> you have travelers insurance. So I go with travelers insurance so I can get resurrected. Oh, looks like uh, this guy died. I guess we better uh, do the resurrection. And thing. the budget one is when you go find a druid and you just buy reincarnation insurance. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, like a lot of people, they go on, they go on vacation and they say they come back changed. I literally could. Yeah. <laughs> I could literally come back a different person. You know, I know that I left uh, I left a man. I came back a halfling. A female halfling. It was very weird. An entirely weird uh, transformation. Not mad about it. I'm still the same height, so. I had to get a new backpack. I couldn't carry the old one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! All right. Um, I think I think that's it. Yeah, we better get out of here before Lando hears a door open and barks. Oh, did uh, Rick pull up? Okay. All right, guys. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at Blinder Studios. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Studios or follow us on Twitter at Blinder underscore Ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.